Praise God, brothers and sisters. It's great to be here. You know, for me especially, it's great to be here. You guys are all beautiful and an amazing group of people, youth. Um, at least you're, you appear so. And um, I'm sure you are. And I just want to take a moment and pause for a little bit and tell you that God loves you. I know it's a very simple word and, um, you know, we hear it a lot, but just kind of let it sink a little bit into your heart, into your mind. Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. Um, you know, I don't come here a lot, but um, when I do come here, it's, um, it's nice to be here. I remember my youth days when I was here, and uh, it's, it's a good amount of people here. It's really great. It's nice to see young people who have zeal for the Lord, who have, you know, strength and power, um, and, you know, you guys are like people who can basically turn the mountains, right? You have so, many, so much energy, you know. I hear about volleyball yesterday. You have so much fun and fellowship. Um, just wanted to wish you to use that, you know, the energy towards the Lord. Serve Him. Save yourself for Him. Dedicate yourself for Him. And when you walk through your life, when you look back, um, He will bless you. He will be with you. He will guide you. You know, it's... Um, it's nice to be here today and just right from the very beginning when Linda shared her testimony, which was really great because that sort of builds a lot of, off of what I will be speaking on today, which is great. And then Andre too, I actually want to make a comment about what he said, you know, that youth are kind of coming into days where you kind of have these multi-layer responsibilities in your life, right? Life kind of gets a little bit hard and tough. Uh, let me tell you something. Once you get married, it'll get a lot more tougher. <laughs> I'm not scaring you. I'm just, I'm just let me, hear me out. So on top of everything that Andre says, um, you're going to have a husband, you're going to have a wife, and then you'll have kids to take care of, more responsibilities. Hopefully, you'll have a house, a lot more responsibilities. You'll have to be accountable for your bank account, for your finances. On top of that, if you want to be a dedicated Christian, you'll have to serve in church, in ministry, and um, I think I'm forgetting something. And... Um, yeah, you basically have to give time to every, your, all your kids, but I'm not scaring you. This is, this is great. People who are um, dedicated to God and who love God, you will find time, and you will have you know, extra time on the side. So with that, I would like to all sort of, you know, me being married for over 10 years, I always say this, and I don't want to scare anybody off of not being married. On the contrary, I want to encourage you. I see a lot of Youth nowadays, they're like scared to get married. You know, guys are like scared to get married. They're like, come on, guys, just make a, make a step, you know. Go ahead and, you know, go ahead and propose if you're ready. Don't stretch it. Just go ahead and do it. And then for girls, you know, for sisters, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, I don't know if this guy is right or that guy is right. And you're like picking and choosing and then you turn around, you know, your years have gone by. So um, what I'm saying is go ahead, get married. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's, it's a great blessing from God. I always, when I, when I look at it, I'm always fascinated by the institute and institute of marriage that God created and just how amazing it is. It's just a huge blessing. You, you can do so much and you can have so much, so much you know, fun. You can have, um, you know, you can serve together in ministry. You can serve together, uh, you know, be part of church, be part of certain ministries and just glorify God, God's name. So it's amazing, you know, get married, have families and... Um, Glorified through everything that you do. 
All right, so the topic that I'd like to talk um, about today is, um, is going to be on patience. Patience or, you know, sometimes Bible calls it um, long-suffering or um, there's another word for it, perse um, perseverance. You know, there's, there's different words for it, but patience is very important. And, you know, for me personally, I've been kind of thinking about this lately. And, you know, there's different, I guess, situations in life where you can be patient. For example, you know, you can be patient with your friends. You can learn to be patient with your friends. You know, once you get married, you can learn to be patient with your spouse. Um, I mean, when you start having kids, that's like you need a lot of patience there. Um, but today I want to talk about more of a sort of like a, a bigger, you know, kind of bigger side of patience that really applies to your life in general, to specific situations that happen to you. Um, and we need patience there as well. And the reason I want to talk about it is, um, you know, I find it very, very important, very particular for us, especially for, uh, for younger generation. And the reason for that is because the society and the culture that we live in, you know, patience itself is very important throughout all generations. And I think specifically, particularly today. And the reason for that is because we live in a society, we live in a culture that uh, basically requires instant gratification, right? Like, we live in a society that basically talks about me. It's, it's a me culture. It's all about me. It's about my Instagram account. It's about look at myself, you look at my picture, look at my clothes, look at my car, look where I travel. It's like, give me likes. It's all about me. You know, people want to have, have that feeling of, of satisfaction, and they want to have it immediately. Once you post something on your social media, you basically sit there checking how many likes you have or how many people viewed your whatever you posted there. Um, and it's a society that we live in. You know, we're, the, we're a product of the society. You know, a lot of times I we already heard about, you know, Amazon worker today. You know, Amazon is, um, I guess it's a, it's a service. It's an amazing service, but I think it kind of spoils us in a way where, you know, if I order something today, I expect it to come tomorrow. If it comes in two or three days, I'm like already mad. It's like, hey, where's my order? You know, uh, I remember, you know, back in the day, I would order shoes from like these magazine catalogs. Uh, there was no Amazon. I mean, eBay was kind of starting off. Um, you can order things on eBay, but it still took time. There's no Prime. So you basically order something and you wait for a couple of weeks for it to arrive. Now it's like next day. Here, you have it at your door. It's nice. It's, it's amazing. It's convenient. But, um, you know, a lot of times the society that we live in, it kind of creates this environment where we learn certain things. We, we expect things to happen to, to us tomorrow, the next minute. And um, the, the problem becomes is that... Um, when we take that approach and we apply it to biblical concept, or we apply it to spiritual world, you know, when we go to God and we pray, we ask Him for something, we expect Him to answer right this minute. We expect Him to open the door tomorrow morning and for us to have the answer right there. You know, let me tell you something. God does not work that way. And it's not that He can't do it. It's not that He, he doesn't want to do it. He can. I mean, He's powerful. He's almighty. We heard about it today. He's sovereign. He controls everything. The reason he does that is because he has certain ways of working with us, you know. In spiritual world, if you study God, if you study patterns of God, if you study how he interacted with people, if you study uh, the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, how he deals with individuals, you'll, you'll learn and you'll understand that he likes to take time. And he does this on purpose. He likes to take time. So this becomes this problem where we... We, you know, grow, grow up in this society where, like, instant gratification, I want this tomorrow. 
And then when you become Christian or you get closer to God, you, you learn to understand that, hey, buddy, slow down. I'm not going to give you an answer tomorrow. You got to wait. Maybe something is not right with your heart. Maybe there is a problem in your life. Maybe you need to learn how to love your neighbor. Maybe you need to learn how to humble yourself. Maybe you need to work on your attitude. Maybe you need to work on how to interact with people, how to uh, control your anger, how to control your emotions. You know, you got you to gotta take it slow. So God gives us time. He's like loving. He's patient. He's like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson here. So when you go through that time, when you go through that phase, and you look back and you understand that, you know, whatever happened to me, and if it took months or years for certain things to, to happen to occur, you're like, you know, thank God that happened to me because I have learned so much. You know, if you would have given me that car when I was 16 years old, I'd probably become some um, spoiled brat, you know, proud. But, you know, if I have that car when I'm like 30, I'm like, yeah, I've gone. I know a thing or two about life, and, you know, it's all right. It's just the car. There's nothing to it. I'm just figuratively speaking. It could be anything, you know. It could be whatever. You can apply it to anything. So the idea is that we all need to have uh, patience, and it's very important for us. You know, it's very important for us to be able to make that transition between our materialistic world. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with all these convenience things that we have with technology, with, with Amazon, with um, Internet, with, like, YouTube. You know, I love YouTube whenever I need to fix something where I need to learn how to do something. Just, I don't need to call, you know, 10 people asking for advice. I can just watch a couple of videos in a couple of minutes and get it done. You know, it's amazing. But being able to use that technology, apply it for God's kingdom, and also uh, be able to draw that line between your materialistic world and the spiritual world. Um, you know, when you get married, life... Um, it becomes less about you, and it becomes more about the other person. So, um, so, so basically, you know, you need to have patience. Uh, one of the other comments I wanted to make is that, um, you know, before you, you get married, you're like looking for the pers perfect person, and you will not find the perfect person. But once you get married, that person will become perfect. Did you get that point? So you will never find the perfect person. But once you get married, that person will become the perfect person for you. That person will better become the perfect person for you because, you know, that's how you stay happy. Um, you know, we here in, um, in America, I guess it's called, you know, the western side of the world and then the eastern side of the world is more, I guess, Asia and, you know, that side of the world. And, you know, when you, for you guys, when you, you know, college, they all take these classes, you study about different cultures, about different, uh, like, materialistic side and more collectivism, and there's, like, all these different um, categories, different terminologies. But, um, you know, for us, in the Western side, I guess we're more, um, whatever I just talked about, you know, all these technological things. And also for us, I guess we're more materialistic. If you look at, like, the Eastern side and you look at those people who live there, um, you know, those people, they, at least maybe multiple generations back, I don't know how it is now, but generally speaking, those cultures, they're, they have more patience in them in themselves, right? They're, they're willing to wait. Uh, they are people who respect elders. They're, they're people who understand that in order for you to receive something good, it will take time. In order for you to receive some kind of reward, it will take time. It's not an instant gratification um, sort of culture or society. 
So it's, it's a good thing for us to learn from them as well. Um, you know, and I'm not blaming us, I'm not blaming myself, or I'm not blaming you guys that you, you know, live, live in this culture and you're able to use all these um, amazing th things of whatever this world offers. I mean, it's, it's just we're, we're a product of this society, right? I just kind of want to show hands. Um, how many of you guys were born here in America? All right. What about who came here when they were five years or younger? And then the rest, I guess, don't want to raise their hands. I'm sure most of you guys were already born here or uh, were pretty young when you came here. Yeah, so I mean, most of us are, are pretty much, we're, we're, we're a product of the society. We grow up here. When we look at our parents, for example, or our grandparents, they, you know, lived in Soviet Union, and in Soviet Union, it was, it was different. People would um, either be, you know, Christian or non-Christian. To some extent, it was sort of easier to live back then. Here, it's all kind of mixed up. And um, that is why it's very important for us to understand the subject of patience, to be patient and to wait on the Lord. And, you know, what Linda shared about the testimony, it's, it's great because, you know, God does indeed work in miraculous ways. He works in different ways, which sometimes we don't understand or we don't know, but He knows. So let's read a couple scriptures about patience. So James chapter 1, um, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So um, let's kind of take a reverse engineering approach to this. So if you want to be perfect... What do you need to do? You need to have patience. In order for you to have patience, you need to have your faith tested. In order for you to have your faith tested, you need to have trials. So on one side of continuum, we have perfect. On the other side, we have trials. Who wants to be perfect? Everybody does. Who wants to have trials? Nobody does. So do you want to be successful? Yes. Do you want to go through hardships? No. Do you want to... Be perfect, yes. Do you want to go through trials? No. It's, it's the human nature, right? We don't want to go through hardships. We don't want to go through afflictions. We don't want to go through um, trials. But this is the avenue. This is the way for us to become better, to become perfect, to have our faith strengthened. That's how the Bible talks to us about it and teaches us what to do. Uh, Romans 5.3 and not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, know that tribulations bring about perseverance or patience. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So again, tribulation or trials produce perseverance or patience, which produces proven character or attitude. So, you know, if some of you are like, man, I kind of need to work on my character, or, you know, I'm not happy with the way I act around people, or I'm not happy the way I interact with people. Guess what? When the tribulations and trials will come, this is a perfect opportunity for you to become better. If you want to have good attitude, you know, attitude is very important. Once you, I mean, you know, you probably all work, you go to work, you know, you go to school. I mean, school is all right, but once you get to work, once you become a professional person, you do understand that attitude is very important. I mean, even just within, amongst yourself, you know, if you have a really horrible attitude, you're not going to have any friends. But if you do want to have friends and you want to be social, you want to be welcoming, you got to work on your character. You got to work on your 
um, on, on your attitude. So that comes from where? It comes from certain events that occur in our lives which kind of push us to become patient. They kind of push us to become better people and they work on our character. You know, the more things that occur in my life and the more hardships I encounter, but the key here is that I need to learn. If I just kind of, you know, something occurs in my life, something, some kind of tribulation or some kind of trial and I just sort of become this grumbling person and I kind of blame everybody, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm just going to become even worse. But if I take that opportunity and I learn from it, what happens? I become more patient. And then what happens next? My character becomes better. I have a better attitude. And then what? And then I have hope, faith, and love. You know, and those things do not die. Those things are forever. It's amazing. Okay. Who can tell me how many fruits of the Spirit there are? How many? Nine. Right. Good. Awesome. Did you guys know that patience is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit? You did? Are you guys falling asleep or are you with me? <laughs> it is. So, fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's it. Nine. Um... James chapter 5, verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren and sisters too, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The Bible gives us an example, it kind of gives us a, a, a prototype of a person who actually has a lot of patience, is a farmer. Are there any farmers or gardeners here? Oh, nice. I see one hand. All right, let me ask a different question. Are there any construction workers here? All right. Okay, that's better. What about nurses? All right. <laughs> so the, the idea is that um, a farmer, I mean, you guys don't know what farming is, but I'm sure you... Maybe some of your parents do like gardening or whatever. You have flowers at home or little gardens or farms or whatever. But those people, they actually need a lot of patience. And, um, you know, when you put a seed into the ground, you have to uh, take very good care of it. You have to water it. And then once the, the plant or whatever, the tree grows, you have to take very good care of it. You have to watch and you have to wait and you have to wait and you have to wait. It's not that you plant a seed today and tomorrow morning the tree is going to be outside of your door. It takes time. Again, the Bible teaches us that to have patience, we need time, right? Um, I remember from my childhood, you know, when I grew up in Russia, we had uh, in a house, we had a, I don't know, a garod. I don't know, because a garden or what is it called? Garden, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was not just one of those gardens that you do for fun. It's just, it's something that we live off of, you know. Potatoes, strawberries, um, primarily a lot of potatoes, yeah. But a couple examples. I remember we actually had, as kids, you know, we had to do a lot of work too. Like our parents would go to, they would go to work and, you know, summer break, we're home. They're like, okay, you need to bring a bunch of water, you know, over there. You need to bring a bunch of dirt or, or uh, sand or whatever. Like just, you know, take it over there and just kind of move it around. And um, one of the things that I remember and I really despised doing was collecting those potato bugs, Koloratsky Zhuk, the Colorado bug. I don't know why it's called Koloratsky Zhuk. 
Some people were saying it because it migrated to Russia from, from the state of Colorado. I don't know how true that is. But I remember, like, in a little potato bush, there's like, and there were behind the leaf, and there's like, it was such a tedious work. But parents would tell us, you know, if you don't pick them, then you're not going to have any potatoes because they will eat them. So we would have to do that. And again, what does that, that teach us? What does that tell us? It tells us that you need to put a lot of work, you need to put a lot of patience and time into, um, into fruit, into something that you want to see later on in life. Um, chapter in James as well, later on, if we read chapter 5, verse 10, um, it talks about, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So, Bible gives us examples of, uh, of patience. And especially, it's not just a theoretical concept, but there's, there's people who actually lived on this earth and who, who have endured, who have gone through, through um, horrible afflictions. They have, have gone through really hard times in life. Um, like prophets, you know, Job is a great example. You know, Bible brings up his name as an example of, of a person who actually had a lot of patience. He, you know, everything that he said, everything that he spoke, he never said anything bad or sinful against the Lord. And he was patient. He waited, although it was really, really hard. Um, you know, I think of our grand, grandfathers, grandparents who lived in Soviet Union who um, had a lot of patience as well. You know, that, those times were horrible. You know, thank God we live in this blessed country where we don't have to go through that. But if you think about them, you think about what they went through, I mean, you need to have really, you know, solid foundation in Jesus. You really need to have a lot of patience to be able to go through years in jail and concentration camps and just being, you know, being in a society where people always look on you differently, always persecute you, always kind of give you the, the eye. And it's like, it was horrible, but they, they had that love for Jesus. They have that patience, you know. And then what, what is the fruit of their labor? What is the, the product of their, I mean, it's us. It's the latter generations that we're actually now using and we're um, being able to take advantage, so, so to speak, to what they have actually planted. We're actually reaping those, um, those fruits. Also, um, you know, an example of Lazarus. You know, when Lazarus died, Jesus um, told his disciples. His disciples told him, hey, Jesus, let's go. Lazarus died. You can resurrect him. And he's like, let's give it a day or two. He waited, and he did that on purpose. He, he, could, have, he could have wandered right away, right? Or he could have said a word right there and right then, and Lazarus would be healed, like he did. There's another example in the Bible where he did that. But he didn't do that. For this specific example, he just wanted to show his, his glory by allowing people to wait, allowing this whole concept or the whole life of Lazarus to, to end, for the cycle to end, and then go there and resurrect them. You know, in our life, sometimes God is, is working a similar way. You know, we might think, it's like, um, thing came to that end. There is no way out. I'm done. It's like, that's it. Like, Lazarus is dead. What are you going to do? That's it. He's, not, he's never going to be alive again. And sometimes we feel like that in our lives. We're like, God, I feel like I'm at in that end. I'm like, there is no way out. But if you allow God, if you wait on him, if you be patient for him, um, sometimes he will turn the situation even into a better the better uh, situation or better solution that you ever thought about. 
you know, if God had his word, if he said a word, he will fulfill it and he will stand firm on his word. Um, God usually takes a lot of time to teach us and to, to tell us something. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've kind of mentioned this already, but, you know, if you study God, you study his patterns, you, you do understand that he works in a certain way. It's like, you know, when you, um, you have a friend, right, or once you get married, you'll learn this where you, you'll study another person, and that person usually have, has patterns. I mean, it's not complicated to live life. Like, whole life is all about patterns, and this is something that I'm kind of learning about myself as well, and you can apply this everywhere. Like, you can, I mean, for those people who do, like, investing, for example, you know, there's patterns all the time, right? People who study, say, weather, or people who do certain, I don't know, whatever, it, pretty much you can apply this anywhere in life. It's always about patterns, and they tend to repeat themselves. So if you're able to learn that, you will be successful. So if you apply this to a spiritual world, you learn the patterns, you learn the heart of God, and you understand that he likes to work in a certain way, um, he under, you understand that he wants you to, have, to be patient, you will be successful. Another example I wanted to bring forth is, um, is about Joseph. You know, Joseph uh, was a young man when he saw the dream. How old was he when he saw that dream? Who can tell me? When he saw a couple dreams, but I guess, how, what, what, give me some guesses. How, how old do you guys think he was? 14? Uh, other, other options? 12? Anybody else? I see the technology is being used. <laughs> That's good. You guys should. Um, according to what I found out the other day, he was 17 when he saw the dream. And then um, how old was he when he became the second in command of Egypt? 30. That's right. So 30 minus 17, what is that? 23. Good. Uh, 13, not 23. 13, yeah. 23 minus 10. So... What I'm saying is 13 years, the moment he saw the dream, you know, he probably, when he woke up and he saw the dream, he's like, oh, man, look at this. People are going to bow down to me. I'm going to be this big guy. I'm going to be up on top. And I'm going to have a lot of these, um, you know, fame or whatever, responsibilities in life. I'll, I'll make it. I'll be big. Um, and he was probably, oh, he probably waited a year. And he's like, what's going on? Another year. And then he finds himself where? He finds himself betrayed by his brothers. He finds himself in a ditch. He finds himself almost, um, I don't know, like eaten by animals maybe. I don't know why he was there in the desert. All, and then in Pharaoh's house. And then uh, blaming him for sin that he did not commit. And then in the dungeon, in jail. It's like, and then I'm sure a lot of times he would go back to that dream. I'm sure that dream was very, very vivid in his mind. And he's like, Lord, when are you going to fulfill that dream that I saw? It took him 13 years for his dream to come to fruition. You know, sometimes in our lives, like you guys are young, I don't know, maybe some of you guys have received some kind of revelation from Jesus, from Lord, I don't know, in your dream or maybe a prophetic word. And, you know, years go by and you're like, you know, my life is actually going the other way of what I actually heard about my life or what I've seen in the vision or what God has in store for me. Let me, let me encourage you. Let me just give you... A really good word to grab onto, patience. Just have patience. Like Linda's example, I mean, she didn't, how long did you wait? A couple of months, a year. I mean, that's a pretty long time. 
Um, you know, speaking of time, especially when something is very, um, very relevant or very close to you, you know, that year could be like 10 years. Like if you're, say, for example, if you're waiting for that grade, you know, you, you're like stressing out about that exam and you don't know what you got, and the teacher says, I'll post that grade tomorrow. You will be checking that website probably, you know, two, 300 times a day. Just when is, the, when is the grade gonna come? You know, one of the examples. Or say if you interviewed for a job and you like really wanted that job and they said, we'll reach out next week. You're gonna be checking your phone, your, your email, you'll be like, oh, junk mail, everything, probably, you know, 100 times a day. Um, it becomes that week turns into like a year. It's like, you're like, it's hard, you know, it's hard to wait. But God teaches us to wait. He says, be patient. I will answer. Be patient. I will give you an answer, and I will give you a better answer, answer that you are expecting. You know, another thing is that God works, if you study God, he works in a multi-purpose way. He works in many different facets. It's like, um, you think about it, and you're like, okay, I want an answer to this situation in my life. And you kind of concentrate on that. But then when you look back, you're like, wow. I mean, there are so many other things that God addressed in my life that I did not even think about or prayed about. And then when you analyze, you're like, that was amazing. You know, I couldn't have done that myself. And if God wouldn't have, if he would have given me an answer tomorrow, I wouldn't be able to learn all these things that he taught me along the way. It's amazing. So stay patient, be encouraged. And even if it takes years, God will, God will answer. Uh, Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. You want, good, you want God to be good, good with you, right? The Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. And then I found this, I think it's like a little prayer from the internet. I want to read it, and then we're going to pray, right? Um, Lord, teach me to be patient with life, with people, and with myself. I sometimes try to hurry too much, and I push for answers before the time is right. Teach me to trust your sense of timing rather than my own, and to surrender my will to your greater and wiser plan. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we glorify your name. We thank you that you gave your Son for us. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you that you love us so much that you allow us to go through certain trials and tribulations and afflictions in our life. And Lord, you do that not because you want to hurt us, but because you love us, because you want to teach us something, because you want us to become better, because you want us to transform into your image. Because you want us to be better people. Jesus, you love us so much. You're, you're such a sovereign God. You're such an, an amazing God. You're in control. Jesus, you see everything. Only if we would be able to learn to trust you, to have patience with you, to, to just, uh, just like that baby that, you know, uh, lays in mother's or father's arms just without any worries. Jesus, please help us be those people that we would just completely trust you and have patience and wait because um, you love us. You, you want us to become uh, those people who trust you, who have patience, and um, you want to bless us. You want to bless our lives. Um, and even though you do walk us through fire sometimes or through water and through hardships and through, through tribulations, 
you do that because you love us and because you want to teach us something. Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for everything, Jesus. We, we glorify your name. We glorify your name because you're the only one who is worthy. I, I bless this youth this evening, Jesus. Uh, in your name, bless every brother, bless every sister, and um, that they would follow you strongly, that they, they, their hearts would be uh, turned towards you, that they would seek you all the times of their life, Jesus. And I bless, I, I bless them and I pray for their their future, for their husbands and for their wives. Uh, bless their marriages, bless their families, Jesus, that in everything that they would do, they would glorify your name because that's what you want for us. You want that sweet aroma uh, from our lives, from our personal lives, from our families. Jesus, we, we need you. I pray to you and I bless your name and I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.